0: Well, good morning. Looks a little different up here. And uh, just thought let you know, I like to walk around. You all figure that out. I like to walk around talking. So this is going to be really difficult for me to, to stay in my seat. But I'm going to try to do it because uh, we have some special friends with us here this morning. So you all give a warm welcome to Trey and Megan Dickey. So Trey and Megan are missionaries with the International Mission Board, the IMB, which uh, we as Southern Baptists, uh, we support and we're a part of. And they're also church members here at Central. And uh, they've been married for four long years, right? Or well, I don't know. Yeah, four years they've been married, man. They're just, they're just getting started in life. And God has already called them uh, to international missions. And a year ago, they were here on, um, on our campus and they were speaking to us about uh, their trip they're about to go on. They're about to go on a two-year missionary journey to the Philippines. And they, they were getting ready, they got packed. And in March, they had everything ready to go um, overseas. Um, how many of y'all ever packed for, for a trip for two years? No, like, I don't, know how, I don't know how you can even do that. One of us, I don't know how you could even do that and uh, get on an airplane and have everything you need for two years, but they were ready to go. And the plane was leaving within 24 hours, and they got the call that everything was shut down because of COVID. And so they've been waiting um, this whole time to, to be resent uh, back to the Philippines. And Trey, Megan, you know, it's, it's, it kind of stinks. You know, COVID has really put a, a damper on your plans and really messed things up. And it kind of reminds me of a story in, in Acts chapter 15 through 18, where Paul, he is ready with his partners on his second missionary journey and they're going to go back to these churches that they've already started in Asia which is like present day Turkey in Galatia and they're ready to go and God changes their plans and just one thing after another they they, they weren't allowed to go the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go back to this these churches and instead God called them to Macedonia and so they had to go to a place they've never been before to do something they never planned to do and yet because of the call that, that God had put on their lives in the middle of these weird, strange circumstances, he was able to, um, to change the world. And because of the Macedonian call, we now know of the gospel, uh, because the, the message of Jesus Christ was sent to the West and went throughout Europe and over here to, to America's. And we now, uh, are where we are a lot because of Paul and his friends and their obedience to the Lord in the middle of just a crazy situation, and so you guys are kind of in the middle of that crazy situation of a, of a Macedonian call, so to speak. Um, and so, uh, would you, you mind sharing a little bit about what God has been doing in in your life in this waiting period and what He's been teaching you?
1: Yeah. So, like Clayton said, uh, we were 24 hours from leaving back in March, and from January to March, uh, we went to training in Richmond, Virginia. For two months, and um, we were so well taken care of. Um, we got such good training, and um, that's all because of the generous giving of Southern Baptists. So um, just know that your Southern Baptist missionaries are well taken care of, and we really appreciate that. But um, going forward from the day that we heard that our flight was canceled, um, we were just waiting. We weren't sure exactly how long um, we were going to be waiting. Uh, we didn't know if it was going to be a few weeks or a few months. Um, so then eventually, we started doing language lessons online. And um, and then around June or July, we got uh, a call from our team leader or our supervisor, and he asked us if we would like to move to Alabama for a few months to mobilize and to speak to churches in that area. And so um, we moved down there for a few months, and we had the opportunity to speak to eight, about eighteen different churches and youth groups, um, just about international missions and ways that they could take a part and take part in in, um, in international missions. And so. Um, we did that, and we moved back here just a few weeks ago, um, and we're still waiting for the Philippines to open up. You know, once their borders open, um, the IMB is going to send us back overseas, um, but we're just waiting for um, that, ta- that door to open up.
2: Yeah, um, and then we were in Alabama, and God just really showed us and gave us an opportunity to share with so many different churches and um, gave us this new passion for Informing believers about the state of the world and how lost people are in so many different countries and how little access they have to the gospel. Um, and you know, before we went on our mission trip three years ago, we didn't know a lot of the, these things. You know, we're from small town Oklahoma in Sperry and didn't see a lot of diversity. And so um, we started. We did this Bible study overseas and we started learning about um, unreached people groups and. Um, it is a people group, a cultural group that has a little Christian witness. Um, they cannot they don 't have the numbers or resources to evangelize their own people without outside help without missionaries coming in and statistically that means two percent or less are evangelical Christians in that group, and many times it 's point five percent or less and so these people there 's over seven thousand unreached people groups in the world equaling billion people and you know that number really astounded us it's 40% of the world that have little to no chance of hearing the name of Jesus of knowing a believer who speaks their language of having a bible in their language sometimes and so we just learned these things and um it changed our life really because we thought man there's so such a great amount of lostness and not very many people willing to go and so we started praying how is god leading us to be a part of this of taking the gospel to all nations Um, and then we learned about uh, this area of the world called the 1040 window and it's where 97 percent of all these unreached people groups live and um but only three percent of all missionaries go to this part of the world and then only 1% of all money donated to missions goes to reaching these unreached people groups. Only 1%. And um, we just started thinking, what, what can we do about this? How is God um, asking us to be a part of um, taking the gospel to these people where they have no resources, um, so few missionaries going, but such a great need?
0: Yeah, so that, seeing that picture on the screen just reminds me of, Several years ago, Holly and I got to go to India, and India is right smack dab in the middle of the 10:40 window. And I remember getting on a plane, uh, getting on the plane, uh, and going over there, and not having any idea what I was about to get myself into. And you go over there, and just the world really is so different. You're on the other side of the world, and and the lostness is so vast, and. You, I remember going on a train ride and going from different station to different station and being able to just see people out the window and, and just lost people everywhere. And you look at their faces and it's just, it like, I don't know, it just mm, it just pulls on your, your heart, you know? And, and it just, it, it's something totally different than looking at a screen and seeing the picture of the world. When you go and see their faces, it's, I don't even have the words to describe. I mean, it just, it just, it changes you uh, because those numbers are, they're crazy, right? I mean, you're thinking over 3 billion people do not have access to the gospel. They haven't heard the good news of Jesus. Over 7,000 different people groups have no access to the, to the gospel or very little. And those numbers can seem like so overwhelming and you're going, okay, hey, we're just in Oklahoma. How are we going to make an impact? And you know, you're like, uh, I don't know. I'm just from a small little town. I mean, what are we going to do? Um, but when you see their faces, it, it changes you. It makes a big impact um, on your life. And, and we're, we're part of God's story and God is, is working something special um, in the world. And, and so would y'all share just a little bit about about the world um, and and how God is is using His Word to change um, our perspective on on missions. Yeah, Did y'all so, had something really interesting that y'all wanted. To, y'all got to hear this, guys, because it it just changed my perspective on missions. But go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, um, like Megan said, when we went on our short term mission trip back in 2017, is when we learned a lot of these statistics and um, learned about the state of the world. But something else they had us do is they had us memorize um, 26 different verses of scripture. And one of those verses is Romans ten fourteen and 15. And it says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so this verse um, really started to lay the foundation for Megan and I to realize the need for people to go overseas. We can see here that it says, um, how are they to hear and how are they to believe unless people go? Um, So we see here that God is telling us that people need to go overseas so that those who don't have access can hear the gospel. And so um, this really was the very beginning along with the statistics of Megan and I um, taking an interest in international missions. And then something else that um, we've learned recently and has had such a huge impact on us is what's called the missions theme of the Bible. And it's how, from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 to the very end in Revelation, God has a plan to bring um, all nations back to himself. Um, And I just want to share a little bit of that with you guys today. Um, You know, it starts in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, and they were created um, to be perfect, and they had a perfect relationship with God, and they were sinless. um, But they disobeyed God, and they broke that, and so they were cast out, and You know, from that moment on, um, sin was entered into the world and evilness was entered into the world. And so, so much so that even um, just a few chapters later, God flooded the entire earth, but he chose to save one man, um, the only righteous man at the time, Noah and his family. Um, And uh, he saved them on the ark. And after the flood had subsided, uh, they got off the ark and God gave them a command. He told them, Um, To be fruitful and to fill the earth Um, And so you we find that in Genesis chapter 10 and then um, just a few generations later and in the next chapter Genesis chapter 11 We see um, that the people were not obeying that command. They weren't filling the earth Um, It's the story of the Tower of Babel when um, all of the people um, up until this point they all spoke the same language And so um, all of the people, they begin to gather together in one place. And they actually begin to build a tower for themselves uh, because they wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to be great. Um, And so they were, again, disobeying God. And so God saw that their hearts were evil. He knew that their hearts were evil. So he came down um, and he scattered their languages. He made them speak all different languages um, and he scattered them across the earth. Um, And so, um, you know, this kind of created a problem. Uh, before this, all of them spoke the same language so they could communicate with one another. But now they all spoke different languages and they weren't able to communicate. So how, is, um, how are they going to know about God and how are they going to get back to him if they couldn't communicate with one another, if they couldn't um, speak to one another? And so moving forward from that, God chose um, Abraham as his representative and specifically his offspring became the nation of Israel And the nation of Israel in the Old Testament was set apart. Um, They were to be different from all the other nations, and they were um, to be God's representative to all the other nations. Um, You know, God gave them a system of sacrifices to um, atone for their sins. And you can read throughout the whole Old Testament um, about all of the things that they did and how they disobeyed God. And they would um, disobey Him and turn from Him. Um, and then they would turn back to him. It was just co- this continuous cycle going back and forth of obeying and disobeying. Um, but, you know, again, God knew that this was going to happen. This was God's plan the whole time. Um, and his plan, leading into the New Testament, was to send his son Jesus to live on the earth. And he lived a perfect, sinless life. Um, and even though he lived a perfect life, he still died on a cross. And he became the perfect sacrifice um, for all people. You know, it took the place of the sacrificial system and he didn't just die but he rose three days later Um, and one of the very last things that uh, jesus told his disciples before he went to heaven is found in matthew 28 Um, and it's a verse that i'm sure a lot of people have heard and read before and it says and jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so, um, you know, this is one of the very last things that Jesus told his disciples. So it has to have some sort of importance to it, has to have some sort of weight to it. Um, And I had read this so many times before and hadn't given it much thought. Um, And it wasn't until a few years ago that I really read it. Um, And I saw it as an obligation that in a command from Jesus... He is telling his all of his of his followers, all of the believers, to go and make disciples of all nations. And there's so many different ways that we as believers can take part in doing that. Um, you know, of course, that we should always be um, witnessing and making disciples where we are. But it, I think is very clear here that we should also um, be making disciples of all nations. Um, you know, because in the Old Testament, God chose to use the nation of Israel to be His representative to the nations. But now, God has chosen us, um, His belie- er, has chosen us, His people, the believers, to be His representative to all nations. And you know, like Megan said, um, it's been said a couple times this morning already. There's so many people who don't um, have access to the gospel. Over three billion people who are considered unreached still. And this may seem like um, a giant task. Like um, something that's unattainable. But we know because of um, Revelation 7, 9, and 10, it's a prophecy of what the future will look like. It's a picture of what heaven will look like one day. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. Into the Lamb. And so we see that one day there will be people from every nation and tribe and tongue uh, praising and worshiping God with us in heaven. And, um, you know, I believe and we believe that every believer has a part to play in making disciples of all nations.
0: Yes, that's so cool just to hear that story of going all the way back to Genesis. And I never really thought of it that way about how the Tower of Babel and that experience of people, um, everybody just not being able to sp- speak and, and just the craziness of that situation. It would be like if, if we all in this room, every single row or everybody individually at home, all of a sudden you spoke a different language from everybody else. And how would you communicate? How would you tell stories? How would you tell the um, story of God um, to the next generation? And so as they split up, the, the stories of God just disappeared. And so you have all these people all over the world and they don't know about God, and and then how Abraham came into the picture, and God created a people, the Israelites, and they were they were the first missionaries, international missionaries, um, to go supposed to go overseas and and share the good news with everybody because the Tower of Babel was the beginning of international missions, and. And we see how they, they failed over and over again. They were just so inwardly focused, and that's a huge lesson for us, right, of not being inwardly focused as, as the people of God. And yet now, because of what Jesus has done, that, that responsibility is transferred to us. And I love in Revelation, uh, there's that, like you just said, there's that amazing picture of what's gonna happen. It's not a perhaps or a maybe, but there's this prophecy of, of someday in heaven, that every every tribe, every tongue, um, every nation will be represented, and all those people will be together. And it's crazy because they're not going to look like us. Everybody's going to look different. It's going to be crazy. I I was thinking about this that um, I won't be the shortest person um, in heaven because uh, there's going to be Guatemalans there, and uh, Guatemalans are really short. If you've never been to Guatemala, they're they're really short. Um, I Love going to Guatemala. I've been there like a dozen times, and go miss trips in, this isn't the real reason I go on Mr. trips to Guatemala, but you know, uh whenever time I'm there, um I really feel tall and it's awesome and I get picked first for the basketball team, so it's always good. <laughs> but but you know, um really, we're going to be from every nation will be represented in heaven and that is not a a a hope, it's a promise by God. And the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the Christmas story and being a part of God's plan. And last week we talked about how the shepherds were a part of God's plan and they got to see Jesus um, laying in a manger and then the crazy part of that story is they, they left, right? They, they left Jesus and I'm thinking, why would you leave Jesus? And the reason they left is because they had to go and tell people. They had to go and tell. That was them being in the middle of God's plan for the world is to tell people about Jesus. And so would y'all mind sharing just a little bit about how we fit into God's plan uh, to reach the nations.
1: Yeah, so as I said earlier, there's definitely um, several different ways that we as believers can be a part of making disciples of all nations. And so the biggest thing um, that every single person can do is we can pray. Um, You know, we can pray that God would open doors um, to get into countries that are closed. You know, there's, there's several countries around the world, and especially in the 1040 window, that... Um, It may not even be legal to be a Christian or you you can't share the gospel in that country without being persecuted. Um, And so just pray that God would open doors into those countries so that his gospel can spread in those nations. Um, Pray that God would raise up people from his church uh, here in America and in other countries as well that are willing to go um, overseas, that are willing to go to these unreached people groups and take the gospel to them. Um, And just pray that their hearts would be softened Um, you know there's so many places around the world like I said that are close to political barriers but also um, geographical barriers they're on a far out island or they're um, way up on a mountaintop and they're just physically hard to get to so just pray that God would raise up people and that the people groups overseas that their hearts would be softened towards the gospel
2: yeah and sometimes it's hard to think like how can we pray for them if we don't know anything about them? Um, a cool resource we've found um, through the IMB is called Operation World. It's an app on your phone. You can download it, and every day it'll show a new country that you can pray for, give statistics, um, specific prayer requests to pray about. And so what a good way to know about specific people and people groups and pray specifically for them. And so we know that God moves through our prayer and hears our prayers and um,
0: yeah, so, sorry, I'm going to yeah. jump in. So I, I downloaded this earlier, um, and I'm on it right now. It's an awesome. You need to get this. This is cool, because sometimes we just, we don't know what to pray for, you know? Like, I'd love to pray for, for missions. I'd love to pray for missionaries. I'd love to pray for Unreached People Group. I don't know what to do. And so this, this resource is just amazing. I'm on it right now, and there's, uh, you can log in or just sign in and say, hey, I'm praying. Uh, just click on a button, and 440 people right now are praying on this app. Uh, around the United States, around the world, uh, praying for different countries. And yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, get this. This is pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Um, And then another thing we can do is we can give. Um, Obviously it's Lottie Moon Christmas offering time. And like Noah said, 60% of the IMB budget comes from this uh, offering from the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And so um, God has done amazing things through uh, the IMB missionaries over the years. And um, just some things in just in 2019 that happened. Um, over 535,000 people heard the gospel message for the first time. Um, 89,000 new believers who are now our brothers and sisters in Christ, and then 12,000 new churches started, which means it could potentially lead to generations and generations of people knowing Christ and the church spreading, and that country becoming a rich country. And man, then we'll get to see them in heaven one day. Um, so your generosity makes a big difference in people all across the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the last thing we can do is we can go. Um, you know, a lot of people may be sitting in here saying that um, they can't go. And, you know, I was in that same position um, just a few years ago where I, I thought to myself, um, I'm not qualified to do that. There's no way that I could ever do that. Um, but we know that if God is leading us to do something, um, he will equip us for that and um, he will work through us in whatever it is he's leading us to do. And just something along with that, um, we've been talking about all of these people who don't have access to the gospel. And a statistic um, that I actually just learned a few weeks ago is that every single day, 154,937 people are dying without knowing Christ. That is two people every single second that are dying without knowing Christ. Um, And you know, that number just broke my heart knowing there's so many people overseas who don't have the hope that we have here in America. They don't even have the the opportunity or the access to a Bible in their language or to ever hear the gospel message. And so, you know, that number won't change unless more people go overseas and more people are willing to take the gospel to these people.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I mean, you can see your passion. Y'all give them a round of applause for being here today. So, you know, as a church, what do we do? Like, where do we go from here? And, and just like Trey and Megan shared, we can, we can pray, we can give, and we can go. That, those are the three big areas of, of influence that we can have on unreached people, lost people around the world. And so as a church, here's what we're going to do. Um, over the next year, we're going to make Southeast Asia uh, the area of the world that we're praying for. Um, we're going to be talking about it we're going to be uh, having displays up in our church uh, specifically about the Philippines and different ways that that we can uh, pray for them and um, be thinking about them and strategically uh, maybe even partner with with people um, to to pray to give and maybe even to go over to the Philippines. We want to be a church that that is uh, is laser focused on on missions and what God is doing and how we can be a part of that. And so I'm asking you to, over the next year, to, to pray for Southeast Asia and the Philippines. And we'll talk more about that later, but that's going to be a big um, emphasis for us as a church. So we can pray. And we've talked several times today about ways that w- you can give. We can, we can be a people who maybe we can't um, physically go somewhere, um, but we, can, we may be able to give. And so prayerfully consider giving to the Lottie Moon you know, Lottie Moon is just the, it's just the name, the Christmas offering, but it's attached to a special lady back in the 1800s. Lottie Moon was a single lady, and as a young lady in her 20s, she moved over to China and spent the rest of her life over there um, sharing the gospel to people she had no idea who they were, and um, she, she left everything behind to, to give her life to those people and she has made a lasting impact over there. And I'll say it's God has made a lasting impact through her over there. And so as Southern Baptists, we name our international, offer, international missions offering after her. So that's why it's called um, Lottie Moon um, Christmas Offering. So I mean, if you haven't given yet, uh, pray about it. Talk about it with your family. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. You can do it online. Go to our website. You can do that. Uh, you can do it on our app. Uh, you can take uh, envelopes and you can do that here um, on campus. But man, give. Uh, it's a way that we can be a part of God's plan and God's story. And finally, we, we can go. And I don't know what that looks like right now with COVID. I mean, all mission trips are like canceled or they're on hold. And, and that's okay because God's still got a plan for that. Maybe he is working something in our church. Uh, maybe he's working something in in the the Western world right now to get us fired up to, to go and reach the nations. I don't know what COVID, how it it plays with missions, but I do know that God has a plan and I know that we're a part of that plan. And so you may have the ability to go. And so if God's put in your heart to go, man, what a great way to live your life, right? to go and be on mission and go and share the good news of Jesus with people all over the world. And so, uh, as a church, that's what we're going to be about. We're going to be a church that prays. We're going to be a church that gives, and we're going to be a church that goes. And so, um, thank you for being here. Thank you for, for hearing these stories in the month of December, as we think about missions, um, as we pray, give and go. So let's go to the Lord and let's close our service by, by praying for those things. And we're going to pray specifically for our missionaries here. Let's pray, Father. Thank you so much for uh, the word this morning. Thank you for uh, the the call you put on all of our lives uh, to to be active in our faith, and not just not just uh, pew sitters, but we're we're Christians on the move. And being on the move can look uh, in different ways. could be Could be praying. Could be become prayer warriors. Maybe it's us giving and and using our resources uh, to further your kingdom all over the world. And and for some of us, maybe it's you calling us to go. God, put it on our hearts what you've called us to do. Um, help us to be attentive to, to the spirit moving in our lives. And God, I pray specifically for Trey and Megan um, this morning that, that God, I know you've got something special planned for them so God, I pray that you use them. I pray that the Philippines would open up soon. They'd be able to go and they'd be able to, uh, be on mission over there. They'd be able to, to share the good news of Jesus with people that don't know you. And, and God, I pray that right now you would already be working on the, on the hearts and, and the minds and the spirits of people over there who, who don't know you. And, uh, as they cross paths with them, when they get to go over there as as you uh, help them to, to meet new people. I gotta pray for Trey and Megan that they would have boldness to share Christ and in a, in a loving and compassionate way. And I pray that there would be lives changed um, forever and, and, and villages changed forever and families changed forever because of what you're doing in, in and through their lives. So God, thank you for, for calling us to be a part of your plan. Help us to see what that looks like and help us to be um, responsible followers of you who are willing to do what you've called us to do. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we finish our service, uh, Ron's going to take over and and give you a chance to respond. And he'll talk more about that in just a second. But um, Trey and Megan and I, we're going to go ahead and exit and we're going to uh, be in the back. And they would love to, as, as you leave, to... To, to talk with you more about missions. If you'd like to share an encouraging word with them, uh, you'll have an opportunity to do that in the back. Rylan? Let's give Trey and Megan another round of applause. Awesome. And you can stand with me, church, as we